What if we took away all the lights? Hand all the music. What if we took away all the people? What if we took away all the social media platforms? What would your foundation be? What would you stand on? Jesus said that the mysteries of the kingdom of God were given for us to know, but they were given to them in parables. Everything that we believe and everything that we stand on is found in the foundation of these parables. Through parables, Jesus taught about love. Through parables, Jesus taught about mercy. Through parables, Jesus taught about forgiveness and the reconciliation of the world. He used parables to fight the religious leadership of his day. That is the move of God for this day, for this age. We are changing religious perspective. It is time that we get back to the basics. It's time that we get back to the understanding of the kingdom. It's time that we go back to the feet of the cross. We take these parables and we dissect these and we understand who it is that we're supposed to be in the kingdom so that we can go out and we can bring other people in so that Jesus can love them, so that Jesus can reveal himself to them, so that God will be glorified. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another installment in the Indeed and In Truth Ministries podcast. Okay, guys, go ahead and laugh. Just, just go ahead and laugh. You know, last time we did something like this, Philip was in the studio, and it was because he said, now we're holy. So, um, anyways, uh, welcome to today's episode. Uh, clearly, I'm surrounded by children today. Um, so with that having been said... Uh, welcome to the Indeed and In Truth Ministries podcast series. I'm Logan. I'm Amber. I'm Brandon. And I am Jason. And so we are here to talk more about the parables of Jesus and to talk more about the foundational things of the church from the master himself. And so as we begin to dive into this topic today, we're going to talk about the, the parable of the sower, which was probably, I think, the only parable that Jesus actually went in and explained what it meant. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the only one he ever did. Yeah. And he left the rest of them out there because I'm honestly, I think, you know, those guys were probably like, how in the world? Like, that didn't make no sense to them. Um, but anyway, so with that having been said, we were having a discussion before we started, and apparently somebody in the studio, <coughs> Jason, thinks that they're too long, and the responses were too long, and so we're only going to read one of them, but we'll give you the scripture locations for the rest. So, Jason, would you like to tell people how they can reach out to us? <laughs> yeah, since I've been put on the spot. Um, I guess uh, there's a website, indeedandintruth.org. Uh, indeedandintruthministries.org. Ministries.org, yes. You can reach out there, and that you can actually get on this little tab that they have that has everything on there. And it's pretty great because they've got a Facebook uh, page, they've got Instagrams, and they even got a TikTok. Did you just say they got the Instagrams? I think they do have the Instagrams. Do you have the Instagrams? We do. Yes. And uh, here's the thing. Um, TikToks is still there as of now. Well, that may not always be there, but as for now, it's alive and active. As for well, now, it's it alive. alive and active. Also, um, I think we're going to get ready to release our first ebook, which is called Walk Your Walk. And I think we're going to do it right after Easter. Um, and it's just a, it's just a booklet. I think it's like 20 or 30 or maybe 50 pages, but it's just, it's some things that I was praying and I've, you know, I was always looking at a bunch of, um, 
you know, when people first get saved kind of books and stuff like that. And like things that, you know, I always look at those things and they're always like an outline about what salvation is supposed to be like. And there was just some things as I was asking God, like, what do you want me to put in this thing that I really feel like we don't talk about? or maybe bring up a whole lot, you know what I'm saying? And I really don't think that we are preparing people when they get saved for, you know, getting engaged in spiritual warfare, growing in the Holy, you know, growing with the Holy ghost, um, and just kind of exposing ourselves to who God really is and letting that supernaturally change our lives versus, you know, we just give them like a, a how to, you know, here's a 12 step program of Christianity, follow it to a T and you'll be just fine. And it's like, that's not, that's not God. You know what I mean? That's just not how he does stuff. So, um, I think we're going to do that right after Easter. So be looking for that. We'll get that released. It'll be one of the first ones. And then when um, somebody else in the studio decides to sit down and edit the rest of her books, uh, <laughs> authors are just as much divas as a musician. Uh, when she sits down and decides to edit the rest of those. there is a such thing as authors block. Just so you know, there's no there's no block in editing. Yes, there is. No, there's not. You it's can always hire simple. like Brandon to do it. You know what? The next book that needs to be edited, Brandon, you're doing it. You're going to love see how it. Long, let's see how long Especially that lasts. Especially my books. Grammarly, here I come. Grammarly, here I come. He says, I pray for the pro version. <laughs> I promise. Even, even Grammarly has its limits with me. I promise. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. No, I actually, I did all of her book through Grammarly and stuff like that. You made me rewrite a whole, like, chapter. No, I rewrote the whole book. They were just a chapter. And then I gave it to somebody to read that was an English major in college. And she's like, who edited this? (laughs) I was like, Grammarly. (laughs) She... She was not impressed. <laughs> she was definitely not impressed. She's like, there was still lots of errors in there. It's like, well, you know, you ever like read a good Christian book? Like, especially like from pastors that we know, I just followed their format. I figured if it worked for them, it'll work for us. Why re- why, why remake the wheel? Right. Yeah. I mean, the wheel's perfect. It's, it's, it's circle and cement. It, let's get on a different topic. Anyways. <laughs> so, uh, since, Br- uh, since, since Jason prefers Luke, uh, we're going to look at Luke's account um, and we are going to read the whole thing. So prepare for 11 verses of scripture. It's probably the shorter of them. So we're going to talk is. about this and uh, we're going to open this thing up. And uh, I think that's, is there anything else anybody else wants to add to this? Anything at all you can think of? I know the ladies are getting ready to look into the idea of doing, we are talking about video podcasting. We're currently getting the studio ready for, ready for that. And the ladies are talking about doing something every couple of weeks. Um, so be looking for a lot of those things. We, we got different things we're trying to expand into, um, but with people's time. Uh, and also uh, one other thing I want to bring up too, is if you guys want to see us bringing back outreaches and concerts and doing that kind of stuff, um, and I'm not to kid on this tangent and kick on this real hard, but it does require money. You know what I mean? So if you guys want to, there's also a place on our website you guys can give and we take that money and that doesn't go in anybody's pockets. That doesn't do anything like that. We officially became a 501 C three. So there's nothing we could do, um, that would benefit any one person of the organization, but it does good. That money goes back into that kind of stuff and it pays the band members. It pays for them to come. It pays their bus drivers. It takes care of their hotel stay. It does all that kind of stuff. And you know, there's great ministry opportunity in that for people as well. So if that's stuff that you guys miss, or you guys want to see more of, just remember it takes money. And if you feel like giving, please, please, please just, just pray about it. 
consider what it is that you want to do, and then we'll go from there. So I won't kick any more on that, but I think we got to get better about bringing that up because I like doing that kind of stuff. It's busy. I mean, it is very busy, but it's so fun, but it's a lot of fun. I love it. Um, and, and Brandon, Brandon's, Brandon's a concert junkie. He's a behind the scenes junkie. I saw him, man. He was, he was gunning it all the way up to it. And then he would leave and He came Don't back and he gunned it. I'm telling on him because I, I was so proud of him, man. He labored for over 12 hours in that heat. And You're going to make him turn amazing. into a turtle. He's going to go back into his shell. Don't go back in your that. shell. It's tortoise. Tortle. Really? Really? Okay. So, uh, all right. So, Brandon, do you want to read Luke's account? Um, and uh, if there's anywhere you want to stop and kind of, you know, uh, talk about for a couple of seconds or whatever, it would be Luke 8 uh, verses 4 through 15. Four, and when a great multitude had gathered and they had come to him from every city, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed and he had sowed. Some fell by the wayside and it was trampled down and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on the rock and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then his disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? You said to 11? No, uh, it goes to verse 15. Go ahead. And, oh. Yeah, go ahead. And, and he down. said to you, It has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it has it is given in parables that, Seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear. Then the devil comes and takes away the the word out of their hearts, lest they should be, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root who believe for a while and in time of temptation they fall away now the ones that fell among thorns are those who when they have heard go out and are choked with cares riches and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity but the ones that fell on the good ground are those who have having heard the word with a noble and good heart keep it and bear fruit with patience okay so uh, uh jason how about you kick us off on this and uh, just start opening some of this up. Well, what really focused on me was uh, that very last line there where he in uh, in 14, not the last, obviously. But he says, um, and he are choked up by cares and riches and pleasures of this life. Um, to me, that's why I wanted to use this scripture, because it illustrates what it is in that part of the parable of what it is that causes people to get get mixed up and fall off of what Jesus is trying to teach him there. Now, I do want to say that when he's teaching, when he's teaching, he's teaching them, he's teaching Christians. He's teaching, I mean, obviously they weren't Christians yet, but these were men that were following him. These were men that were ready to hear and understand and receive from him. But um, each of them that are listening to him, you know, when they've heard Jesus speak before and he's trying to explain to them that when they hear the message, some of them are, you know, they're just, it's falling on deaf ears. Like, um, 
like Amber was saying beforehand about the, the seed falling on the wayside is that's for the birds. You know, she, she made a good reference to that about the, the, where that phrase comes from. And I'm not going to share it, but just go to Google and look it up. It was a good one. But, um, when it, when we're talking about that, that falls on the wayside, you know, the fowls devour what that is. Well, what, what's the fowl represent? The fowls represent the devil. The devil comes in and he, he robs that out of your heart and out of your mind to where you just don't get it. You lack understanding, you lack knowledge. So everything that, uh, that I want to keep going if you, if you let me, but the, the truth is, is everything that he's talking about here, I think this was the first parable. I think this was the first thing he, he taught them. And that's why he explained it the way he did, because he goes through and he tells them exactly what he means. And from that point forward, he didn't have to explain anything more, you know, so you know, we have the no understanding. That's the wayside. There's no root. That's the stony ground. There's um, the cares of the world or the riches and pleasures of the world. That's the thorns. And then obviously good ground is good ground. You know, so. How about you guys? What do you, what are you guys thinking here? Anything, Amber, Brandon? Well, I was going to say, you know, uh, adding to verse 14, you know, where it talks about how it's an amplified, it says anxieties and riches so how how often do we hear today about people talking about oh my anxiety my anxiety you know and it's not i'm not making fun of people with anxiety because i struggle myself with areas where i get a little anxious and you know something that god had showed me in that is when we allow those things to be so much bigger than who he is that alone will choke the word of god out of us which means that we need to go back in and we need to deepen those roots and um, a verse that he had given me was Revelation seventeen fourteen. They will wage war against the Lamb of Christ, the Lamb Christ, and the Lamb will triumph to, and conquer them, because he is the Lord and the King of Kings, and those who are with him and on his side will be called the chosen and the faithful. So, in that being, you know, if we are to deepen our roots in Jesus alone we're going to, we're going to be victorious in that. And if we allow these anxieties to come in and win that victory, then, you know, that was our choice. Which one's bigger? It's your choice. Okay. Now, Brandon, what do you think? So I actually pulled from the Matthews description. I found a few things interesting, but mainly that each description that he says is a condition of that person And this is the result that you're going to get if you're in this condition, because those conditions reveal what, what your, um, I guess what your struggles are. If you, if you have a hard heart or if you're just, you don't want to listen to the word or anything like that. The other thing that kind of piqued my interest is that, uh, he said the one that fell on good ground, it produced fruit. Fruit to me is change. It's, it's, it's going, turning away from sin and turning towards godliness and producing that fruit of change and going in with God. And in some accounts the they, you know, it's the, the 60 and the hundred and fold and everything like that. And so I found that that was interesting. And 
as as people, another thing, if, if we're good ground, we should constantly be be producing fruit. Then there there should be no reason why we're not. And if if the seed is the word of God, and that's what brings change, then there should always be change. And I was actually looking at some other things, and it's not really anything that was like cross-referenced with it, but it reminded me of Proverbs 4, 20 through 22, where it says, liken unto my words, they are like medicine to your flesh, and, you know, remember them. And that's kind of what I was thinking about in this situation, because I'm like, okay, that makes sense to me, because... I, I agree with Jason that I, I think this was probably one of the first or if the first, because Jesus realized how important this word was going to be for us. And I believe that that's why he described it the way that he did, because faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word. That's where that's where it starts. And that's where, you know, everything comes from. So I think that that's that was a, I think that that's why he did it that way. Okay, so are we ready for some some deep conversation here? I was going to add to um, his good soil because I had I had went and looked up what good soil is, and it is designed uh, is defined as one which has a high water holding capacity, but drains freely, leaving airspace. Um, High quality soil is what God's looking for a good soil that's tilled uh, with sufficient depth, but also sufficient nutrient supply, a small population of insects and pests that also benefit it. But good soil also has drainage. So that's constantly draining. It's got a large population of beneficial organisms, but a low weed pressure, no chemicals or toxins that can harm the food or the fruit. So it's not easily snared by sin and it is sober with no production of destruction. And I thought that was super interesting because, you know, how how often do we deal with that as Christians? If we are good soil, we're going to have those people that are like, I don't agree with what you're doing. You're always going to have those insects or pests so to speak and if you're if you're going to give into those you're going to produce weeds but if you just ignore them there's no weed production so i i don't know i was reading that and god was just opening that stuff up to me as i was reading about plants not so much the not so much the scripture itself i was reading about the plants i so yeah i I definitely agree with a lot of what you guys are saying but this is one of them that for me personally, I think it was very specific to ministry related topics, just like there's a few of them that pick up after the fact that are very specific to ministry related topics. Now, while they carry some level of relevance to everyday things that we deal with in life, these this one, this one and a couple other ones, I really feel like Jesus was trying to depict some things that we're going to experience in ministry or things that we're going to experience whenever we try to share him with people. You know, it wasn't too much longer after he had shared this parable with them. He said, um, he said, it's not you that they resist. He said, it's me. 
He said, so if they've denied you, and I'm just paraphrasing this, but if they've denied you or they've done anything like that, he said, if they did it to you, they're doing it to me. He said, it's not you. You're not the problem. Me and you is the problem. And because they see that, they respond to that. And so uh, what I'm really thinking is definitely Jesus laid out some things here that we should expect. So let's let's take our hands off of this entirely as um, people. And not just what we, you know, we could have several conversations about how this applies to various areas of our lives, how it applies to us in salvation, how it applies to us, um, you know, whenever we're putting seed and things like that into the ground or we're believing God for something, how it applies to us financially, how it applies to us um, and, and our faith principles and all these different things. But let's let's go and let's talk about this for ministry. Let's talk about this as ministers of the gospel, because as we sit here today. And we're having this conversation. That's exactly what we're supposed to be doing. And I think what Jesus was trying to warn the disciples about with this is that he was trying to give a depiction about this is what you're this is what you should expect going out into the field. He said, I send you as lambs. Into the slaughter. Or even as sheep before or uh, sheep before wolves, he said, be as wise as serpents, but be as what harmless as dubs talking to microphone, please. <laughs> so, you know, he, he was very clear about that. And so I think that another part of this uh, is that he wasn't just trying to, you know, talk about that. But every time that we sow the word, every time we talk about the word of God, every time we minister to somebody, every time, like what Brandon was saying, there's a condition of that person's heart. And so I think you were definitely tapping on that. And I really thought you were about to just say it. And I was like, "Ooh, I'm not the only one that saw it. But I think he was warning people because as you go to share the gospel with people, um, you know, part of the reason why I kind of minister to people the way that I do one, I think it's a Holy Ghost thing. God just kind of led me to do it that particular way. But I do work on trying to build some level of relationship with them. And then I just drop those little bit of nuggets wherever God tells me to drop them at. I don't just walk in there and start beating them in the face and saying, you're going to get saved. Like, I just don't do that kind of stuff. Um, there are some people who are very aggressive like that. And I've never heard of a success story, but not saying they don't have them. I've just never heard of one. Um, and so there there's different fights and there's different territories. And each time that you approach somebody and that you're going to deal with them at this level, you've got to be prepared that you're going to sow seed. And this is what could happen as a result of that. And so one thing I definitely want to I want to point out some points that I've got. And if you guys got some more, you know, pop in here. But one of those points is that I've got is that Satan is always going to oppose the word of God. He is always going to oppose people. And when you put the word in people or you minister to people or you share something with people or you minister and they get healings and stuff like that and the Lord moves for them, he is always going to oppose that word. And not only that, he's going to de deceive people so that he can steal it from them. OK, he's going to do it every single time. Another thing that I want to point out is another point without depth in Christ or in the Holy Ghost or even the word that's been spoken over you. If you take a word that somebody gives to you, if a prophet ministers a word to you, if a pastor ministers the word to you and you take that word and there's no depth in God in you and there's no depth in Christ in you, there's no depth in the Holy ghost in you. It falls on deaf ears. And then you don't take it and cultivate it and make it birth something in your life. Now the Bible tells us that, uh, God's word will not come, come back to him and it will accomplish that, which is that he's sent to do. It won't come back to him void. And so sometimes I think we don't realize that God's holding things out of our life because he knows if he was to say, Hey, I'm going to release this over them today. Uh, he already knows that you're not going to, and, and then that would make him a liar. Right. And the Bible tells us, let every man be a liar and God be, or let God be true. Every man be a liar. So without fail, um, 
they're going to be excited to first get that word. But as soon as they get it, if they don't, if we don't teach people how to steward it, if we don't teach people what to do with it, you know, um, young prophets deal with this all the time. You know what I'm saying? They get a, they get a bona fide word from God and they're excited about it. And then they start running after it and they never took time. There was no depth. There was no relationship with the Holy ghost. There was no relationship with God. And so they got something from God because the Lord's like, here, I'm going to give them this. Maybe, maybe, you know, you ever just do something for somebody in hopes that maybe the relationship will kind of flourish a little bit more. And I think sometimes that's what happens is that God does something for us that he knows could be good or bad, but he's hoping that it will stir something up in you to turn your attention back to him. And sometimes it does, and sometimes it doesn't. But another point that I want to make, so cares, lust, riches, material things. Uh, real fast, actually, if somebody could, could you pull up Galatians 6, 7? Let's look at that real fast before I move on to this next point. Have you got it? No, you don't have it. Galatians 6, 7. And if you're somebody who listens to our podcast and, and does all that with us, turn with us. Go ahead, read that, Brandon. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a man sows that he will also reap. So if we sow relationship with the Holy Ghost, if we spend time in prayer and we spend time praying in tongues and we spend time with the Lord, what do we reap from that? Now, I've been guilty of this myself. So like, you know, you spend too much time playing video games. You spend too much time running around. You get yourself busy. You become a busybody, is what Paul called him. Um, you know, what's some things that you deal with in that? You reap the repercussions of that. And a lot of the times... Go ahead. I was going to add to that because I was um, that goes into, you you know, you're really talking, you're really pressing on the um, the the seed that was thrown on the rock right there, because I, I God spoke to me and he said, you know, this is my rock. OK, well, how many times in the church do we say, oh, or as people, not in the church, but people in general, they're like, oh my baby's my rock or my husband's my rock. My, you know, they, they claim all these things. Well, what they are is I, they're idols. That's what they are. They're putting them over God. And what he had showed me in that, he says, what he said, what is your idol? When you have many idols, it doesn't take long for you to get attached to something new, even if it is for just a short while. And that touches on what you're saying right there. Exactly. So real fast, I need a couple more scriptures here pulled up. I need somebody to pull up first John two sixteen, and I need someone to pull up Luke 16 verses 10 through 12. And uh, so the next point that I want to make care is less of this world, riches, material things are going to capture our hearts. And like what Amber just said, they become idols. And right as they become idols in our life, if we're not careful, they will sit upon the throne of our heart. Not just that, but they'll drain you. They, they will, will drain, drain you and they will put nothing back into no, you. No, because there's no root in it. So God wants you to be blessed and he wants you to have the good life per se, but he will not, you know, and, and, and this is every time, not, I'm not just talking about when we share the word with people. I'm talking about when we're in church and our pastor's preaching and there's things that are falling on us. The condition of our hearts, like what Brandon talked about is going to be the result of whether or not that word manifests something in our life. You know, you shouldn't be coming into the church and expecting for the so the seed sower up there to be throwing seed all over the place and manifesting things in your life and all the relationships on him with God. And that way, everything, everything that you ever want, it's going to happen for you. And it'll be, you know, cupcakes and rainbows the whole way. Cause that's just, that's garbage. It's not going to be like that. If you have no relationship, see, even with this and this, and I'm, and I'm leaning really heavy in this because relationship is what helps us steward seeds in our life and relationship will give us a right understanding about what we do when we sow seeds into other people's lives or what we do when we are sowing seed for a specific purpose. Because I think, again, here we are talking about this. This is a depiction about everything that can be a potential possibility when we sow seed. 
How many times, Jason, have you um, believed God for something and you've you've sown financially towards it? You've prayed over it. You've spent time in the Holy Ghost praying over it. And it's it's either happened or it hasn't happened. I'm more specifically interested in one. It didn't happen because if it happened, great. Praise God. But if it didn't happen, how many times does it happen that it didn't happen? Oh, more often than not, actually. So what changed in your life that made that stop that you think stopped the progress of it? I don't know necessarily that it was anything that I did. It was my growth, my my relationship with God that when I grew to a different area, I understood that, you know, not everything comes in the way that we think it does. You know, we talked about wealth before. Wealth doesn't come in the way that the world views it. It's not always just a financial wealth that comes into us. Sometimes it's the wealth of uh, knowledge or the wealth of understanding or or just the the wealth of, uh, you know, friends and, and family. You know, so, so I I don't necessarily think that it didn't happen. It just didn't happen the way that I thought it did. Whereas as I matured my relationship with God, I understood differently. Okay. I'm more specifically looking for instances where we have believed and thrown seed in. We're talking about being on these rocks. And so we believe we've thrown seed. We've put something into the ground and we were excited about it. But because of the lack of depth, it was cut off. I I was going to say there's been times where I've done that and I've prayed about things, but then I've learned that that was not something I should have been praying for. Like I've learned that that's not an area that, you know, is not biblical, I guess is the best way to put it. Like I shouldn't have been praying for it. Like God's already shown me there's other ways like, and it takes a moment for revelation to hit and say, okay, you're not praying about this, right. Or you shouldn't even be praying about that at all. So I guess that could be an instant of that. But also there's been times where I've, you know, there's people that I've prayed for and they don't accept what I'm, what I'm praying for them about, or I'm praying for them in quiet and my quiet time. And I, I'm seeing the flourishing of them not doing nothing. They're still doing the same thing, if not worse. And okay. I get really frustrated with that. So who's got first John two sixteen? I do. Okay. Read that for me real quick. <clears throat> it says for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father but is of the world. So we know that because of the cares of this world, seed sown in our heart, even when God speaks to us, Jesus said that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And how many times do you think in a Christian's life, we are experiencing those moments where God's dropping something in hopes that we'll turn back towards him. And we find it in this kind of ground because we're too worried about what's going on over here. We're too worried about what's going on over here. Everything else, but God has our attention. Who's got Luke 16, 10 and 12. Okay, go ahead and read that for me, Amber. He who is faithful in a very little thing is also faithful in much. And he who is dishonest in a very little thing is also dishonest in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the use of earthly wealth, who will entrust you with their to true riches to who would trust you with true riches to you? And if you have not been faithful in the use of that earthly wealth, which belongs to another, whether God or man, and of which you are the trustee of, who will give you that which is your own? All right. So here we are again. We're talking about being faithful. We're talking about being not just faithful. You know, we've got to be faithful over the words we sow. 
We've got to be faithful in our pulpits. We've got to be faithful walking down the street. We've got to be faithful um, doing doing this podcast. We've got to be faithful, you know, getting involved with writing. Anything that we touch, understand that a day is going to come and it's going to be put before the throne and it's going to be tried with fire. And if it if it survives that fire, then you'll be rewarded for it. But if it doesn't survive that fire, it's going to be burned up. And the Bible actually tells us that your salvation, you will be secure, but you will lack reward. So that means that there is things that we can lose because of our attitude towards possessions. And again, I think, again, Jesus is depicting something, things that we're going. And here's here's a great example of this, because right after I think this parable was said in one of the accounts, he encountered a young man who said, what's the greatest commandment? He said, I've kept all of these things since my birth. He said, ah, you have. He said, but there's one thing that you haven't done yet. Sell all that you have, give to the poor and follow me. And what did the Bible say? He walked away and he left and he was grieved because he had great possessions. So your attitude, again, Brandon, your heart condition is it being depicted here. And up until this point before Jesus refers to this parable, and you could be right, maybe it was the first one he talked about, but maybe in that short time frame of his public ministry, he's already encountered all of these particular grounds. Who were the good ground? The 12 plus the 70. They followed him everywhere. They did everything that he wanted them to do. They, they worked directly with him all the time. Who were the ones who got the good ground? And that's one we're going to talk about next. If somebody can pull John 15, 6 for me. Good ground, which is what we should all strive to be. We should all try to be teachable. We don't want to be fruitless. We don't want to be fruitless branches. You know, Paul warned about that. He said, do not think that just, he said, if the, if the, if the um, true vine and branch was, don't think that it was removed so that you could be grafted in. Um, I'm paraphrasing this, but I'm just trying to figure out how I want to say it. Don't think that it was removed so that you could be grafted in. He said, because if he wasn't willing to even spare the original branch, don't think that you're of any kind of special importance because he'll chop you off too. Jesus said, you abide in me and I will abide in you. Without, without us and relate, here we are again, we're talking about relationship. We're talking about depiction of the types of people and environments, the ministry environments that we're going to encounter as we grow. And as this ministry grows, and as we grow as individuals and we go around the world and we start preaching the gospel, these are the different grounds. You're going to be dealing with these grounds, not only from a pulpit, but also from the people that you're working with within those ministries. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you're going to get words and you're going to get those moments where God's speaking something to you and you're dropping it and go, 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 go. And you're walking right down the line. And, and there's going to be people like what Amber's talking about that they're not going to receive a word that you said to them. I, to add to that, I have written here, it says thorns hurt. If you are sowing seed into hurt, it's not going to produce anything until the hurt is removed. So if there is thorns and that goes with that, you know, you they're they're not going to receive anything that you're saying until we're able to get past those thorns first so you have to remove the thorns slowly and carefully before you can even get there or you'll kill the plant um what's john 15 6 say jason if a man abide not in me he is cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned i just want to say something I haven't touched this study in a couple of months. 
<laughs> Just so you guys know, I haven't touched it in a couple of months. I'm serious. When God really was moving on me about these parables and I was really thinking about these uh, and meditating on these, this is just some stuff that, I, and I mean, this is what was in me then. That's what I got wrote down on the paper. I just, I didn't need to study it. When God deposits something in you, um, study's good, steward it, do those kinds of things. And you guys saw my notes, um, <laughs> but if you study it and steward those things and know those things, but just be willing to let God just flow through you. But here we are again, we're talking about relationship. We're talking about what we believe um, and like I said, I, and I think we have a lot of general conversation about what the parable of the sower meant. And I've heard some great messages preached on it, man. And I mean, they were fire messages, but I've never heard anybody talk about it from this. Go ahead. So, um, are you, and my, my mindset right now is the fact that one person can be all these different grounds. One person can be stony at first, and then one person can be, um, oh, with wayward and then stony and then amongst the thorns and then end up being good ground, you know? So the more you sow into one person, I mean, we talked about this before about being relational with uh, people that you're sowing into and you're, you're revealing, uh, for lack of better words, the mysteries into them about who Jesus is and who he is in your life. As you do that on a slow, regular basis, you're starting to chip away some of the, the cares of the world and some of the stoniness of their heart. And now you're there able to receive it in a different way just like we are as, as children of God, as we're growing in our faith, we're chipping away or he's chipping away. I should say the things that cause us to stray from him or cause us to look differently to where now we're able to receive it as good ground. And something I want to add to that. I really think that's where some of the scriptures that we have come from that said, and well, one Jesus told us, he said, don't cast your pearls before swine. You know, I think there comes a point in time whenever we're dealing with people or whenever we're dealing with ministry leaders or whenever we're dealing with a church or whenever we're dealing with those kinds of things. I think there comes a time that we have to accept no matter what we do, they may be one particular ground and it may not be something that you're going to change. But then I think that's where we came out, because I think I'm, I'm sure there's people who had these experiences. I'm sure the apostles had the experiences and I'm sure the other disciples did. But think about it like this. That's where I think we got a scripture that looks like. um Paul, when he said that uh, sometimes somebody will put water, someone will put the seed, somebody will water and God will give the increase. So you may water a, you may throw seed into something that's, that's stony ground. You know what I'm saying? And again, we're, we're talking about a lot of things that Jesus was already dealing with. Um, and like I said, we could start putting that in the church. We could put that all over the place, but I don't think we're ever going to really learn how to deal with those grounds if we don't learn how to have relationships so that we can steward the seeds in the first place. Even a succulent, you know, they're they are literally seeded in stony ground and you water them and they they bloom. They they do quite well until the heat of the sun comes in and scorches them and then they wither. So even a succulent being a storehouse of water they can also wither away because they're drained by the sun. So when, like you were talking about putting heat on and putting that pressure on, you know, Christians. And sometimes when we do that, that's how you end up with church hurt. It's how you end up with, um, offenses. It's how you end up with, you know, people turn into their idols and their rocks. Um, and they're, that's how you end up with all, or back to their thorns you start going back to their thorns, start going back to their hurts. Well, I knew this was going to happen if I did this and this and this. And then, you know, and I, I agree with what Jason's saying, but I also agree that maybe at first it was good soil 
and then somewhere along the way, somebody threw some rocks here, threw some, threw in some thorns here. And so here's what I want to point out as we're coming to a close on this. We talked a few moments ago about how there's going to be different fights. There's going to be different, you know, different things that we deal with and stuff like that. But I want you to know that that sower, let's talk about the sower that Jesus is referring to in this parable. That sower went out to sell. He knew there was rocks. He knew there was thorns. He knew there was good ground. He knew this was a collection of everything altogether. And the Bible tells us that he went out to sow. So the hard part about any of this is looking at that ground and knowing what that ground is. You still got to put a seed in it. You don't get to look at that ground and say, oh, and I'm talking about people now. So now let's draw ahead, just drag it back to what everybody likes to preach about. We like to talk about how the, all these things, these were just people. And, you know, so let's get away from the ministry people and the people who are getting offended because I'm talking about it. So, um, let's talk about people for a minute. So you look at them and you see stones and thorns. You still got to put seed in that because the sower still went and put seed in it. Who was the sower? The sower was the son of man. It was, it was Jesus. That's who he was referring to. He walked around and probably was able to use by the Holy ghost, able to discern every person in their intentions and heart before they ever even got within five feet of him, but he still sowed the word. So that takes all the excuses that we have. We still have to sow the word. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter who it is that we're dealing with. It doesn't matter that how they treat us or how they're, he said, they aren't rejecting you. They're rejecting me. Well, he, he went so far as to even teach Judas everything. Mm -hmm. Knowing that Judas was eventually going to betray him. Well, here's another thing that you got to do too. And after that, we'll close with this. Um, You need to accept everybody in this room and everybody who listens to this. You need to accept that you are not going to be responsible for other people's decisions. You still need to sell. You still need to put the word out there and you still need to put the word in people and you need to reflect God to people and you need to reflect Christ to people and you need to be who it is that he told you to be and you need to still let the Holy Ghost guide you and how you're going to handle those people. But if they choose to go the other direction, you're not accountable for the decision they made. You're accountable. You are accountable for whether or not you did anything before the decision was made. So. I have one more thing that's written here that goes really good with that. It says, remain teachable, endure hardship with Christ as your firm foundation and spread the word of God because we have to be different to make a difference. So you are accountable. And so we're talking about choice. And so now you've got a choice. Uh, Have you got something else that you want to say? I just, so my last note... (laughs) My last note uh, says Jesus wanted to stress the importance of the word or the relation. When being teachable and humble with obedience, we will produce fruit. And so I think that that's because in those moments of being teachable, humble and obedient, I believe that's an avenue for the Holy Spirit to be able to work with you on those type of grounds or those people to be able to help you and instantly or get an idea of how to go about this. Amen. Hey, now we're going to give you guys the choice. And uh, here's it's simple. Um, We've sown some words. 
we've put something in there. We've deposited something to everybody who's listening, people in this room as well, God. And uh, you have a choice to make. You can either, it's, it's, and it's very simple. You can either have eternity. Actually, you're going to have eternity regardless. Let's, let's rephrase that. You're getting eternity regardless. Do you want to burn for it or do you want to have life? It's that simple. Because either way you're getting, you're going to have it. It's not going anywhere. It's already written. It's decided. It's done. You're not changing God's mind. And if you, before you take your last breath on this earth, it would be a wise decision. I don't care if, if you're going to die in an hour. I don't care if they just gave you some report that said you're not going to make it for the next 20 minutes. In the next 20 minutes, you had better accept Jesus. He's not worried about whether or not you gave him your life. The only thing he's worried about is whether or not you called on him. Did, it doesn't matter if he only got 10 minutes of your life. He still wants that 10 minutes. You know, we make a reference a lot, and it's a bit of a cliche now, but, you know, if, if it was only one person on the face of the planet that had fallen into sin, Jesus still would have came and died for that one person. We'll talk about that parable soon enough, but he still would have done it for the one. So he did it for you. And so because he did it for you, I want to give you the opportunity. And I just want you to repeat this prayer with me and just say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you today and I repent of my sin and I ask for your mercy and I ask for grace and I ask for you to be Lord and Savior over my life and to fill me with your spirit. And for, from this day forward, I will live for you because you died for me. In Jesus name. Amen. And if you accepted Christ today, we really do want to know. We don't want to turn you into a statistic. We just, we want to know. We want to celebrate. Um, Amber, will you pray us out? Yeah. Heavenly Father, we just come before you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this word that was sown. Lord, help us to, to be more like you and to walk and sow, even when we know what the ground is like. God, we ask that you would just deposit in us each a word for every person that comes across us. And I just give you the praise for it, Lord. And I thank you that we are going to walk out of here and we're going to be different. We are going to be different so that we can make a difference. And we just give you praise in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Hey, join us next week and we will have another episode and another parable. Take care and God bless.